Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello please dear ones, we've got an absolute smash house of an episode right here with total superstar Izzy Sooty. Yes please. Also, you absolutely need to know that both series of her magical Radio 4 series Love Letters and Other Matters of the Heart is now available to pre-order in one lovely audiobook from Penguin. Um, and it's out at the end of November but you can pre-order it now. An even bigger yes, please. I've stuck a direct link in the podcast notes, uh, or you can search via the penguin.co.uk website. Even bigger yes, please. Thank you for listening to Hoovering. If you can take a few minutes out to give it a five-star review, subscribe to it, tell a few humans about it, then I'll have feelings of love towards you. Thank you. Or... If you're up for helping the podcast with money, there is a way of bunging it a one or five an hour. You can go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering. If you want to support it in a more regular way, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. And um, that's where you can swap anything from as little as a few quid a month in exchange for very cool, if I don't say so myself, podcast-related stuff like guest recipes and totally exclusive content. And when we're back in the real world, free and discounted tickets to live shows. All sorts of stuff like that. A little bit of power over me you can buy. Also, I've added a function. Well, they have added a... Patreon have added a function and I've joined in where, if you want, you can pay for your whole year instead of doing things per month and that way get 10% off. 
Uh, my tour show Hench is all rescheduled into the new year and I've added a Liverpool date now. You can find tickets at jessicafosterkey.com and by clicking the My Doings button. Sounds like it's about toilet behaviour, but it's about gigs. Right, me and Izzy are chatting over Zoom. We are having, um, I think, quite a bold and contentious lunch that she has chosen. And um, yeah, yeah, you join us discussing what we're having. We'll start by saying what we're eating, because you've chosen for us to have taramasalata and pita bread. And then yeah. you said some leaves and cucumber. Yeah. Um, and I know it won't make any difference at all to people listening to a podcast, but look at this cucumber, is it? Oh my God. It's like a letter J. It is like a letter J. Or L. Where's Depending on what way around you turn. I've got this giant curly cucumber from, um, I get wonky veg and fruit from Oddbox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll just have I'm that. I'm very right nervous here. about you cutting that line yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know what you're doing, I'm sure. I know. what well, I've chopped a cucumber into slices before. I, I, I mean, it's quite cool that you're just um, doing that. It's like it's carving up my cucumber live. It's like a fisherman kind of very relaxed by the shore, getting a knife and <laughs> carving. Just gutting a fish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks for making me feel cool for it. Um, the re- well, the reason I'm having to carve it at the table is because um, we've begun our conversation late. And I don't mind admitting it's because I went for a wax very much underestimated how hairy I was. <laughs> Oh, really? I've absolutely thought that's an absolute maximum of an hour, isn't it? No, hour and a half worth of <laughs> hair I had all over my lower lower half. Um, palaver. <laughs> well done for I haven't been for a wax. I haven't been for a wax since I lived in in Oval, which right. was uh, ten and a half years ago. Oh, fantastic! Well, yeah. I like to I like to have two or three a year, which means actually it's a lot of work for the for the waxer involved because that's I think yeah yeah anyway yeah but yeah a nice treat oh, a couple of times a year absolutely lovely treat a couple of times a year um a sort of it's so locked down isn't it to sort of grasp for ways to feel snazzy about your bod. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Weighing up the, you know, yes, they'll be down there, so it'll be all right. Their head won't be near mine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I shut my eyes, that. actually. For the for the embarrassing bits, I, I shut my eyes very tight. Yeah. 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 Pretend it's I not happening. I went for a wax once in the shopping centre in, <laughs> in Dalston, Kingsland. And this was a really long time ago. I think it's probably still there. There's a yeah. big shopping centre sort of um, on, on the main road when I lived in Dalston. And they did, I asked for a Brazilian and I'd never had one before. I didn't oh, really okay. know what it was. Oh, and God. then, so they did one side and I, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get through them doing the other side. Like, <laughs> I had kids by then. So obviously my pain threshold was different, but I was like, yeah. this can't all have to happen again. I can't yeah. only be halfway through. I was so tempted to tell them just to stop and leave it. Yeah. No, but totally. I, yeah. I, um, I never had a wax before. And um, in Edinburgh, I think it was 2011, I thought, let's go and feel snazzy. And my boyfriend at the time was coming up and I was like, I'm going to go and get my bits waxed. And um, same, I asked, I think, for a Brazilian. And um, it was before they used hot wax, which is 
I still, it's still a waxing, but it's nowhere near as offensive. You sort of pat it on and then sort of tuck it quickly off. And they used yeah. the strip wax. And um, I was crying. And the woman said, um, you, sh- you haven't really got the right sort of hair for this. Oh, I was like, geez. what has everybody else? I've got a wrong attitude <laughs> and the wrong pubes. Has everybody else got such a little f- flyaway feathery pubes that, that don't, mind, like- don't mind being ripped out? My pubes haven't done anything wrong, the bitch. But also there's the implication that crying is down to your attitude. Oh, yeah, it was definitely but- something wrong with my attitude. <laughs> um, I used to sometimes take two paracetamol before I went in. And oh, I right. don't know if it was psychosomatic, but it did seem to help a bit. Well, they say to that the kids, don't they give them a little shot of cowpaw before their vaccinations and stuff, yeah, just in yeah. case they feel... So that's a great... I think that's, a, that's actually a lovely way to treat yourself. But I might try that next time. Yeah. Um, so um, have you got, where, can I ask about your taramacillata? Yeah, because I've really got into taramacillata um, since my second pregnancy. I didn't, don't remember Ooh. even the first one. I'd sort of had, bit, I had it, I'd had it before, yeah. um, but I hadn't, um, hadn't really ever had it a lot. And then when mm. in the second pregnancy, I just wanted it all the time. And I had to sort of always have two pots in the fridge. And I'm very... I'm very unconfident about best before dates and right. things like that. Um, so I just will throw things away if they're a day over. And I've got a bit better actually as time has gone on, but yeah. um, I only need to read like one thing about, you know, someone who ate his salad. I didn't realise that bags of salad can be quite food poisoning-y. Okay. You know, yeah. Like I didn't know that. No, I know. But they do... I feel like bags of salad give you a nice fair warning in that they smell and taste disgusting. They start smelling and tasting a metal, don't they? If you yeah, they do. They do. They sort of go a bit slimy and yeah. But my mum's like the opposite of me. She sort of proudly says, "Oh, I don't know how long this has been in the fridge. All that I've just chucked that slimy bit away." And she sort of revels in it. Whereas I'm literally, I'm like, "Oh my god!" It says use within forty eight hours, and um, so. I'm yeah. quite, so with the taramacillata thing that always says use within two days but I bet you if I went to you know an actual proper place that made it they wouldn't say use it within two days I think no. Sainsbury's probably quite so I need to really broaden my now I've, so the, obviously I've had I've had the baby now he's nearly two yeah and I still have it every right. week um, it must be so there must be something in it yes because I think you're during pregnancy well I don't know if you had this I certainly felt like I was, I didn't have specific cravings actually. Oh, I did have some, but um, I felt like your body's like, you know how normally people are like, you've got to listen to your body and you're like, well, how loud is your body talking? Because that's yeah. easier said than done. But actually during pregnancy, I was like, oh no, my body's shouting very obviously what it wants. It really is. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. punching me in the face and screaming what it wants. Yeah. And always wanted taramacillata. I embarrassingly, and have been pescatarian-ish for ages, with, mo- with moments of brief flirtations with veganism, but during pregnancy wanted meat, meat. Like really wanted bloody steaks. And did you do it? Yes, I did it. Um, I didn't have rare steaks because you're really not meant to do that when you're pregnant, but I did sneakily have one when I was in France because there they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you're allowed red wine and a lovely bloody steak if you're really pregnant in France they want you to do that yes they did and I had a lovely time and my baby's fine so leave me alone if you're on Twitter already before I even finish the sentence <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm literally the opposite of that like, right. I, I'm like I am with the best of four dates with when I was pregnant I was like oh my god I had a burger when I was 
10 days pregnant and I didn't know and it wasn't <gasps> oh, shit. Like, yeah, I really wish that I could yeah. just be like oh, I'll be fine yeah mm. yeah well it's probably a happy middle ground between us two isn't yes it? there probably is there's probably like a sensible kind of bit more sensible than me mm. but less stressed you know not too mm. stressed mm. um it's so funny I feel like it's a great divider the old Tara Salata I went out for lunch for the first time in ages recently to this lovely place in Beckenham, and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll find it. Um, and it's a Greek place. I think it's probably the only Greek place in Beckenham. But uh, it had ter- I had Teramislata there that made, me, that made I was really pleased when you said suggested it, because I hadn't had it for ages before that. And um, it was the nicest Teramislata I've ever had. Oh, tell me where it is, because I live quite near Beckenham. Do you? Um, oh. oh, what was it called? I looked it up by accident it's like um you know where the main car park is for the center of town and then between that you've got like a church and a graveyard and then there's a row of shops and restaurants it's in that row okay it's not not that in the center of town it's more near the car park that you'd park in to then go left into the center of town go right and the restaurant's there i'll look it up and text you and i'll put it in the podcast notes because that's very annoying to not remember what it was called i think it's i think there's two or three of them around south east london Anyway, the term starter was like, it was like it was made out of clouds. All the normal stuff, but also clouds. It was so was, smooth. Was it? Yeah, because I think sometimes it can probably be a bit too salty. Mm. Like, if, yes. yeah. If you... I've just got mine from the corner shop, um, Delphi Foods one. And I know that this sitting of it will be lovely. But whereas unlike you, I'm pretty chilled and will eat things unless they taste or look horrific. With terms of last, I think, no, 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 not worth the risk. Yeah. There's something a little bit mysterious about it. Even yeah. though the ingredients are listed, you're like, why does it taste so nice? And it's only got about two or three ingredients. And, and why is it pink? Why is it I pink? Think, why is it pink? Because no other animal's got a random pink egg. No, and it's like mm. made out of some thing from fish rather than mm. fish and there's definitely yeah i i i know what you mean i it feels like one of those things that might smell okay and not be okay yeah because it always smells like a lot yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. say scrum diddly umptious and then you can be in my podcast i think it's such a huge flavor are you a are you a huge flavour person generally um yeah I think I probably am like mm. I really like um hot food I really love putting chilli in things like mm. oh, the, the meal that we have most is something with like chilli garlic ginger yummy I put probably too much red chilli in it or I put loads of chilli mm. flakes on something I sort of yeah like there are a lot of soups I just put chili flakes in because they just taste so bland to me yeah yeah and maybe I actually miss out on subtle flavors because I just whack chili on things (laughs) I am I'm absolutely with you I think I've sort of calmed down over time um I think I used to be like splash of Tabasco like hot sauce things to the point where that's all you can taste all the time yeah and then I don't know, I think I sort of chilled out about it a little bit. Especially when I was choosing curries and things. I think I used to mm-hmm. go for really hot ones and feel like mm-hmm. I wasn't having a curry that's had a really hot one. And then 
but I still do like spicing things up because actually you've got, you've got to find that boundary, haven't you, between the things that really do need a zhuzh up. Some things are fucking yeah. boring and yeah. they need a bit yeah. of hot sauce. Yeah. And then there's other things where you can have hot sauce on it without ruining it if you are really restrained. <laughs> like um, scrambly eggs, I love, and it's totally enough by itself, but like actually a slight abundance of black pepper or... Um, yeah. Yeah, or, maybe or sriracha, that kind of slightly garlicky sweet hot sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't have omelette. I, I don't like the texture. There are actually that many things I don't like, but I and I would eat an omelette if I hadn't eaten for a long time and it was the only thing I was on on the island. Um, but generally, I don't really like the texture of them, and I just feel a bit like nothingy. It's like it kind of I don't know. It's just like a slab. A yes. yellow slab with bits in it. So I, yeah, I don't. I don't like two soft things together as much as a soft thing and a hard thing. So like, I don't really like omelette and chips unless the chips. Well, I didn't really like omelette anyway. But say egg, say fried egg and chips. Yeah. Chips are soft oven chips. The egg is soft too, and I'm like, I don't like. So I want one hard thing in. Yeah. Yeah. So I have oat cakes with quite a lot of things. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah. Do you know what? I feel like I get, I know loads of people who do that. Mm. They'll get an oat cake and then I, I am very faddy with them. I'll, I went through a phase of being quite recently of being really into oat cakes and those cogs crackers that are like mm. leveled up rye eaters, modern day rye eaters. You feel so smug, don't you? Oh, so like smug. But then, like I, then the, the tower of things on it mm. was getting more and more and more that I was thinking, it's just sort of an unnecessary and quite expensive snack now mm. compared to it's mm. never it was never a naked oat cake. It always no. had to have some butter or some cheese and some butter. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I can never have cheese and biscuits without butter. Like no. I can't understand when people just take a dry biscuit and then put like brie onto it and just eat it i'm like oh my god put some butter on it yeah don't be so cruel to yourself yeah, i had that once when i realized a friend throughout her whole life and like you know she's my age has porridge just with water mm, and i god. thought oh okay i'm sure i don't know i don't know and it's not someone who to be clear like financially needs to do that yeah. I think it might be a health choice, but I think there are easier, less painful ways to have a healthy life. Like I feel like if you're having porridge every morning anyway, you're probably a reasonably healthy person. Yes, absolutely. Have some milk. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I did the opposite to that once. I took right. Ellis for breakfast for his birthday to this no, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it, but some people will know what I'm talking about. It's like the oldest chop house in London or something. In oh. um, he might even remember the name of it. But mm. yeah, it's like right in near like Bank and Moorgate and all those places. And it's beautiful. It's, it's sort of open from 7am to 11am and it's really old fashioned. Oh, amazing. In Spitalfields. Um, yeah, around that yeah. area. Um, and I didn't know what to have. I think he had a fry up so in the end i chose porridge and it was made with cream whoa 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 like oh my god this is so i took the first bite it was like goldilocks in the free bed i took the first bite, i was like this is the best thing i've ever tasted this is all i'm gonna ever eat ever again and i took the second bite and i was like 
this is still really nice. And then by the fifth bite, I was like, I can't eat any more of this. I'm just eating massive spoonfuls of cream. <laughs> At that point, if someone had said, do you want porridge made with water for more, I would have been like, yes. Yeah, I do actually. I've had enough cream for a life in this. I do that with... Um... God, it really reminded me of, you know, when you have a mole marinere, do you like mussels and seafood? Uh, yeah, I... Not really. Yes, I do. But yes. I think traditionally you're meant to have it just with white, like it's, you cook them in white wine and garlic, but, yeah. um, you know, often it's, they, cream is added as well. And I love it so much that when it's done and you've got this sauce, like I know normally you get like some crusty bread to dunk in. That's mm. better than the actual mussels. All that, or, or chips to yeah. dunk in. That's yeah. so much better than the mussels. But there was, I can't remember where, like, no shame about it, but I was like just spooning it in, just spooning, just spooning that cream and wine yeah. and garlic in and was like, oh, oh, oh. And then it, it, there's just a tipping point, isn't there, where your body goes, hang on, think about what you're doing. Think about how you actually feel right now. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to feel really ill now. For a no, bit. it's a bit like in cartoons when, like, someone's head gets cut off and they, the body carries on running for ages. It's like, <laughs> yeah! Spoon it in and spoon it in, and then you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I know. I feel like that about the juice that Thai curry comes in. Like for me, that the juice. I suppose that's the curry, isn't it? Yes. That the curry. Would you say that was curry? That's curry sauce, maybe, and yeah. it comes with curry with the things added into it. But yeah, the sauce. I like that better than the things in it. Only marginally, because I love the things in it too, but Thai is probably my favourite type of food. So I will, I literally, and I prefer that to the soups, like Tom Yum soup. I just want the curry sauce. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 They should do it as a drink. Yeah. Or like a soup, I suppose, just the sauce. Yeah, the sauce. From a curry, from a Thai curry. Yeah, not the traditional soup, which is also lovely, but Mm. there's something so rich about the, yeah. It doesn't make sense, does it? Because there are... There's um there are um, uh, ramens and laxas and Malaysian curries where there is essentially a soup but with coconut milk so it yeah. should be like that but it's not the same there's something no. so specific about a Thai curry I know there's something That's magic I remember having do you remember yeah. your first ever Thai food um do you know what I don't, which is weird because I adore it. Right. I remember my first ever curry, um, which was when I was in Manchester Youth Theatre, but that was an Indian curry. Mm. Uh, I was in Manchester Youth Theatre in the summer of uh, 94 when I was 16. um, And I went for this this Indian curry with a girl who was like a year older than me, which then was like, oh my God, she's seen the world. And then <laughs> to, this, uh, to this curry house in Manchester. And it, what it really like changed my life. Like we ate so much. I remember us both wow. coming home being like, we're going to give birth to curry babies. Like we felt so, <laughs> so full. We were like, we could hardly walk. And, I, and it was amazing. I don't remember what I had, but I probably wouldn't have gone too hot. Um, but probably not korma, although I hadn't ever had any of it before. So I don't know. Wow. I probably would have had probably something along the lines of Jal Frazy. Mm. But we had an Irish coffee. And that <laughs> really, and forevermore I've associated Irish coffee with curry, which is odd because I suppose not, not many people would have an Irish coffee after curry. But you know, the very first time sometimes that, that was the first time I'd ever had Irish coffee as well. And I was like, 
Oh, oh my God. God, this night has blown my mind. Yeah. Do you know the weirdest 14 thing is, I don't think I've had a, an Irish coffee since, until very recently, since I was a teenager. I used to work in a hotel where I was forced to make them as part of the, the waitressing. Yeah. And, um, and I hated it because it was so hard and I was rubbish at it and I very rarely got it so that it didn't separate and etc. So it stayed separate, sorry, the, the cream on the top. Oh, yeah, it must be uh, tricky. So yeah. hard. You had to run it, we had to run it over, it's, I don't know if we've even shown it right. You the spoon, or spoon had to be really hot from the coffee and booze, but you had to get the booze to coffee ratio just right. And then it, you had to stir it so that it was still, wasn't too, the surface of the water wasn't too rocky. And then you had to, it had to be really fresh cream and you had to pour it over the back of the spoon and you had to hope that it didn't just sink straight in and it always did. Yeah. But because it always did, there were always ones that I'd ruined to drink, which was nice. Yeah. Um, get in. But then I hadn't had one until really recently and it was at the end of a Indian meal. Maybe it is a thing. Is Maybe. It? You follow an Indian... It was in a lovely, like, swanky Indian restaurant in Broccoli called Babur that's amazing. What? Maybe it's a thing. Maybe, maybe it will be now. <laughs> I mean, it, it's sometimes you're so full. I think people tend to overeat. Well, everyone's different, aren't they? But I think there yeah. are certain cuisines that the, uh, that the average Briti British person tends to overeat. Yeah. Like for me, well, maybe it's just a thing that you love best, isn't it? But yeah. with pizza, I've got like a moment. I don't mind pizza. But I've got, I definitely can't eat loads and loads of it. Even if I'm out and it's really nice pizza, I sort of yeah. go, that's enough. It's like the texture of it just, I don't do the headless chicken thing, basically. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. Whereas with Indian or Thai, mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's just to do with the things you love. Maybe it's that simple. But I, I can just keep, I think there are certain things that you can keep picking at absentmindedly, like yeah. pop drums and, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't totally. Get, I don't get with pizza, and I wouldn't get with um, yeah, with French. I just find it too no. Good. Yeah, well, French stuff as well is like tends to be like big time cream butter. Yeah, spuds. Yeah, which is lush, but is also quite your. I don't know. Maybe it's a British palate is quite quick to go. Okay, that's a lot. Whereas, yeah, there's something about Asian cuisine where it's like yum, 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 yeah, yeah, more, 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 more. Um, Oh, it's fast. I had my first ever Thai food at my friend Maya's house, a school friend who I'm still friends with. And um, it was a home-cooked Thai chicken curry, Thai green curry. And I do remember, I do remember, and we were lucky in this, I grew up in, a, in the countryside in Dorset, but there was, a, there was an Indian restaurant and takeaway and a Chinese Indian restaurant and takeaway. But Thai food, the first time I had that at her house, I do remember thinking, oh, these guys are incredibly sophisticated and cultured these are like philosophers of life like yeah professors but just sort of socially now to me and um i have never ever stopped thinking of them like that her parents and her family oh, I thought as being like oh you like are so much classier than anyone else in my world and i still think that i think you're cleverer you're better you're just better than me you're better than most other people yeah and i still think it I hope they hear this one day yeah. and know that. Well, Andrea and Woody. They, they must be. Yeah, they must to, be. To make it as well, not to order it. They just bloody made it. I think they still make it pretty often. Andrea and Woody. I think they make it all the time. Mmm. Delicious. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I used to work near a Thai supermarket in, um, near Wimbledon. Oh, cool. And, uh, when I worked in the Oddbins call centre, um, where we were all just actors kind of answering the phones, but we, the Oddbins take wine tasting very seriously. So I became very, very good at matching wines to food, actually. That is so um, cool. Yeah, it was such, it was such a great company to work for because they really genuinely yeah. cared. Like they didn't want people just to ring up and order six moes because it's moet as well so the first thing you learn it is it's moet to shandon and then people would ring up and go can i have six moes to send to and i'd always say you have six moets like i couldn't stand just because not because i think of myself as a wine sommelier but more that i if i know a thing to be right dramatically yeah. I can't not I just yeah it's kind of it's crazy. mad isn't it so yeah. and again another turn of small worldish or 14 events like my dad worked for Moet in Chandon for 15 years when I was growing up so I knew that Moet thing and would correct people in the playground <laughs> like they cared like an absolute wanker as a child saying it's actually Moet <laughs> 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 the, French, the French would pronounce the T there actually <laughs> yeah and it meant I could do I could open a bottle of champagne before I was 11 and I could pour it properly with your thumb yeah. in the, up the bum of it and stuff. Brilliant. Real fun. I used to go to wine tastings with my dad and pour the, pour the champagne for the people coming around and having their sips. Oh, I bet they loved that. Yeah. What saying? It's Moet, guys. It's actually Moet. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, av- I'm, ha- I'm having a Capra Sun. What the fuck are you on about? Go and try and get a friend somewhere else. <laughs> I remember um, going to a wine tasting that I'd been, that one or two people got to go from each branch and we counted as a branch at the call centre. Um, and we went to this champagne tasting 
in central London and I had no money at the time. Um, it was before I went full time with stand up and acting and whatever, I was yeah. sort of doing gigs and working every day, going to work with my guitar on my back on the tube at seven in the morning, doing a day in the office, then going to like, you know, so Leicester, the quarter oh. of an hour for 25 quid. And, um, and I worked out that I had about 900 pounds worth of booze in my body at the moment. So as I walked out of the building and I hadn't gone for a wee, I was like, I, I worked it out, even with the amount of sips, I was really drunk, of course, but we were tasting like amazingly expensive champagnes, which seems a bit mad, really, because you're probably never going to sell a Jeroboam of these things in yeah. on you know, it was very lovely of them. Um, and I was like, yeah, for, for about an hour or whatever, I had about 900 pounds of booze. That's amazing. In my body and no oh. money. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I love it. I know. But I used to go to this Thai supermarket all the time and they had a, um, a brilliant, brilliant array of stuff and then I you and then I used to cook Thai curries at home then because I had oh, nice it was and I think the thing with Thai is and I think this that this is more this happens more with Thai than other other sorts of cuisine yeah that you can get really really bad Thai food in you know like if there's a pub that does oh. Thai food and I think sometimes they've just got ingredients from a wholesalers. There's not mm. enough vegetables in them. They haven't got those. I think they're called snow aubergines. You know, the little mm. um, snow peas. Sorry. There are snow peas that the little supermarket used to have in South London. And then, yeah, there is these kind of Thai aubergines. I think they're probably called that are quite small aubergines that you cut up. Yeah. And, and sometimes I get a Thai when I'm out and I'm like, oh, why did I do this? It's just got a few bits of chicken or tofu floating yeah. around in it. And, you know, some carrots. I don't think carrots should ever really go. I'm a bit funny about carrots being in things generally like soup and curry. Okay. I hate carrots in a soup. I think they just make it all yeah. taste of water and nothing. Yeah, I don't good. mind a sort of prettily cut up shard of carrot in a Thai curry. I don't mind that. It's, yeah, if it's nicely, if they've made the effort. Yeah. To give it like a frilly edge. <laughs> yeah. I've got, um, I mean, this is amazing because I've not asked you any questions yet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, it's, um, but um, I think I'm getting worse at making Thai food as I get older. I don't know whether it's a lack of patience or whatever, but I feel like I split this sauce too often. Mm. You know, when you're like, it's got like an oily top, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't taste like it's mm. meant to taste. I don't know if it's the quality of the paste or it might be the quality of the paste. You know, yeah, because I, yeah, I know what you mean. It's worth getting a snazzy paste, isn't it? Is it is is cooking Thai something that you do best in like your twenties and then it drops off as you get older? I do feel that I'm the same. Yeah. But then I think if we went to a really good Thai supermarket and got all the right gear, mm-hmm. I think we'd be fine. I really what think we're doing is he's playing our tools big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Um, you do you have a podcast about love, and you've done shows about love. So I wanted to ask you. What's the most romantic eating you've ever done? I haven't asked anyone that for ages. I used to ask mm. it all the time. I can think of the most unromantic eating. Yes, please. That's just as good to know. When I first got together with Ellis, mm. we, 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 he's notoriously late for everything. He's got a bit better as the years have gone on, but he's quite disorganised. And I'm not the most organised person in the world either. So we decided to hire a car. We were in Cardiff and we decided to hire a car and drive 
um, to Monmouth because it's a lovely place. Yeah. Um, and it's not, not far away. And um, we drove there. Well, it is, it is on the border with England, but so perhaps that was the problem. We were driving a bit further. Than, but anyway, we, um, we drove there and um, we had, uh, we went to a cafe and it was just about to close because we hadn't got there till about quarter to five. Oh, um, and we got a cup of tea and we sat down and then suddenly he, he jumped up and went, oh, I'll be back in a minute, I'll be back in a minute. And he ran to the counter and ran back and then they brought him a slice of chocolate fudge cake which he proceeded to eat in about seven bites and didn't oh. offer me any and I was like what? oh and he said oh sorry I just really wanted some cake <laughs> and then we just went home I thought you were going to say he had an upset tummy then he just went home yeah, that's really unromantic. Yeah, so, that, so what is the most romantic? Oh God, it's so hard to... It I, is hard, actually. Because yeah. I was thinking, I, this is probably one of the least like to be asked myself because I'd have to really wrap my brains. Well, it's because everything's bound up in the complications of relationships. Yeah. In a strange way, the most romantic eating I ever did was for my... This is quite a grown-up thing to do, I think, but for young people but for my 18th birthday my friends took me out of my parents house for a walk and they were sort of winding me up and telling me I was going to have to wear a wetsuit and I was like no way they were like we could do a surprise for you you're gonna to have to wear a wetsuit your boyfriend's gonna to have to see you in the wetsuit I was like no way I'm just not letting that happen like so they really wound me up and then they got me back home and they'd cooked me a meal at my parents oh wow we never cooked at all like I I moved in with my best friend when we were doing our a levels and then then sort of moved back in our parents after a little while but I remember that every night I used to have half um a packet of super noodles over the appetite of my 18 year old oh my god half a packet of super half noodles a packet of super noodles with half a tin of tuna and a cube of cheese on top and that is what i ate every night wow um, so we never cooked and they've made such an effort they've got my parents to go out and they brought all the ingredients and they cooked me like a four course meal and i oh yeah but the weird thing was I had to sit there and eat it with them watching me taking every single mouthful. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit <laughs> stressful. That's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it was so touching so though. And then we paid my best friend, well, I've got two best friends from school, we paid her back by, for her 18th, we took her to a haunted forest near this place called the arch which we used to go to which was just a stone arch which is what was left of a mill we just used to go there and get up to no good for years and go camping yeah. we took her to the forest near there and played her this tape we'd made of which we thought would be really funny of like records being played backwards and people whispering her name and oh, kind of horses hooves getting louder and louder and people talking about the devil and we were trying to speak speaking tongues and stuff we just got really carried away and thought it'd be funny and we just pressed play on this tape recorder and hid and watched her kind of have a breakdown we thought she was laughing and she was hysterically crying it was honestly so awful it's one of the worst things i've ever done and <laughs> I love the way that she did something amazing. So when you said, and we paid her back, I was like, oh, this is going to be lovely. <laughs> She's going to get to this secluded area of the haunted forest. There's going to be a candle lit. Oh, a unicorn in a picnic. <laughs> no. 
terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I didn't. Oh, God. That's the thing sometimes when you get people press good presents, you think that that might mean they'll get you a good present. It does not work like that, does oh, it? No, it doesn't work like that, actually. And I feel quite stressed out by the people in my life who are great gifters. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah. I don't. I uh, it's not really about money so much, is it? It's about thoughtfulness and kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you think, well, I just haven't got time, actually. And you think, well, they've made time. And yeah, I, probably, I know. I probably should too. But then the thing is, I think before you have kids, you've got more time. Like I drew yeah. Ellis before we had kids. I painted him a canvas picture of all his favourite food broken down into ingredients, like cubes of chocolate for chocolate fudge cake, as we know, which is his favourite cake. Um, <laughs> cubes of chocolate, and then a beautiful kind of packet of sugar and. Um, yeah, a mixing bowl and, yeah because when I was a kid I used to really love writing out recipes and drawing every single implement needed and then writing out I used to do it so much um, so it's a kind of version of that I suppose and now the idea that I'd spend more than three <laughs> minutes choosing something for him online is ridiculous not on the high street yes. done in a year <laughs> done um, oh oh well, that's so lovely the drawing the bookshop and just say can you tell me what Ellis would like that's out at the moment? And he goes, yeah, that great. I love it. Do you still like recipes? You remind me of my mum there. She, whenever she comes to my house and whenever I'm in her house, we pour over each other's recipe books. And I think it's oh, one of our most cool. bonding things. But she does a thing where obviously like rather than buy the whole book, usually there's only, you know, a handful of things you want to try from a book. Um, or, you, or there's loads and you think, well, I, I just take pictures of the recipes. But I do buy lots of recipe books if you're listening and annoyed at that. Like I do then buy the book. But for the sake of just making the thing, I take... Whereas my mum will handwrite out the recipe. Oh, that's... Um, yeah. onto a, and sometimes we'll write a recipe of hers out, you know, from a book that she's got onto a little card, like those cards, those little cardboard cards with lines on that you used to use yeah. for revision. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and po post you that. Oh, that's, that's lovely. But do you like to look at a recipe? It's one of my favourite things to do. Like, I think that people think of like weekend mornings with a coffee and a paper. I, I like the idea of a coffee and a pile of recipe books. Um, that sounds really relaxing. If you, I think, no, I no. don't. No, okay. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> really nice for you. No. <laughs> I, um, I, <laughs> yeah, you know what? As time's gone on, I do... I've got a Jamie Oliver. The only recipe book I've got that I use um, is that Jamie Oliver seven ingredient one, or yeah. is it five ingredients? I think it might even be five, um, which I really like um, because it's simple and I'm really not very confident about cooking. I always think that I'm going to undercook meat and stuff. Right. Like that. I have got a few things that I make that I now know that I don't have to Google the amount of time to cook it. I just know that salmon is 20 minutes at 200. Yeah. Um, but I like the Jamie Oliver one because it sort of presumes that everyone's like me and goes, oh, what? I still have to stick a knife in it and wait, what colour should the juice be? Um, I really, really admire those people that can kind of like go to a farmer's market and just buy like, I don't know, some lamb or a butternut squash and just know what herbs to get and kind of yeah. take a handful of them. I don't have to measure them, you know, I don't have to weigh it. Just but I think there's a lot of those people are just sort of blind at, like arrogance is a strong word but extremely confident people they're winger they're wingerers they're people prepared to wing it who 
perhaps won't be really upset if it's a failure. Yeah, maybe. But then, big experimenters. Um, no, yeah, maybe you're right. I suppose, and I suppose it's also rather than all of them being brilliant chefs with incredible taste pairing yeah, skills, etc. Yeah, you're right. And I also think it if you do it more, you do it better. Like it if you if you cooked a leg of lamb fifteen times, you're more likely to be able to go to a farmer's market and go, I'll have that one, please. And I know yeah. that I'll be fine with it or whatever. Rosemary probably. Um but with see, me there I'm, you go you know <laughs> there we go i'm one of those people see you at the farmer's market guys see you um, there <laughs> but yeah i i i do really really like the idea of looking through a recipe book and kind of going what should i do today and i cooked spaghetti bolognese last night with my daughter who's five who won't eat it i mean she's very fussy oh, she? maybe if she cooks it with yeah and um she did try it, she said she didn't like it, and then my son threw his across the room twice. He oh. threw it across the room once, and we got him a new bit, and then he threw it immediately again, oh. like, even up the skirting board and onto the cupboards. Anyway, oh. when we were cooking it, it was so lovely cooking with, um, with her, and we were chatting, we were telling we were doing a cookery programme, and um, we had to talk in American accents at her. Yes. And, but she kind of had, to, I can't give her a sharp knife, obviously, so she's using a normal knife, she's cutting courgettes, they're like, thickness of I don't know like <laughs> fist um but I but I just put them in as they were they were fine you know yeah. um, and it was it was really lovely and I thought you know I I think there's a real comfort in cooking and I know it's only spag bowl but I love spaghetti bolognese it's probably my favorite meal yeah. um and I you put loads of veg in it and I put oxo cubes in it and mm. so maybe someone else looking at me might I might be the farmer's market equivalent yeah. <laughs> I don't like it when people put bacon and I used to live with this guy called Mark who'd grown up in the countryside and you know when people are just really kind of like oh god it'll be fine like so chilled out about I felt like when I was a student that was a very much dick swingy it was the sort of thing that the really sort of cocky blokes did be like, I'm going to make you a bolognese. And they'd spend hours over it and every fucking thing would go in. Bacon, blue cheese, loads of sugar, always loads of sugar and blue yeah. cheese and bacon. They thought that made them have a massive, great big penis being able to do that to a bolognese. It doesn't need it. No, it doesn't need it. Yeah, so Mark used to put bacon in it. I think you don't need to do that. And But he used to always eat a bit of raw bacon. Because... <gasps> raw? Yes. That's fucking tapeworm territory, Mark. He used to just be like, oh, this is what we used to do in, in Stroud. Mark, no. you were the only one in Stroud, babe, eating raw bacon. My God. I, I always remember him doing that. I couldn't, to me, that is like, like the salad, the fear of the salad thing comes from, I read this article about this guy who ate a slug for a dare and yeah. got really ill and then died. And um, <gasps> since then, and, and then the same, I think, I was like, oh my God, slugs crawl on salad. That's why you've got to wash it. That's why you can't. I only need to hear like one story. So with the yeah. bacon thing, it's like, it doesn't make me want to eat raw bacon, but I always think of Mark whenever I look at raw bacon. I'm like, I can't believe he did that. I just, yeah. I can't yeah. believe he did that. I'm worried about him. Let's not look him up. He's, he's all right, actually. He's doing That's really okay. well. He's, he's thriving. But uh, thank God, actually. Nice to have a nice happy end to the story of Mark. He's thriving despite him and his tapeworm are doing great. My mum nursed in Bermuda for uh, a short time. And she knew someone who had a tape snake. And a fuck. Yeah, it's like a big version of a tapeworm. And this woman was called. Oh. 
and coughing and mum saw the tape snake's head come out of the woman's mouth and go back down again. Fuck off! Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, what happened to the woman? I don't know. Oh, don't know. she's thriving. I don't know, she's thriving! I'm so scared of snakes. Oh, are you? Oh, no, that was the worst thing to say to you. Oh, oh my God. I'm so scared of snakes that I'm... I am scared of pathetic of worms even though I know that worms are like not tapes ones real ones are so good for the soil and like they're just one of they're like the bees of the underground aren't they they're like amazing for everything yeah and they can get chopped in half and carry on living and like they're so awesome but if I look at one I'm like no I know I know isn't it weird how you can know that it's irrational that it's a good but yeah absolutely. yeah well apparently fear of snakes and this is very defensive but also genuinely justifies it for me is innate now we've evolved to the point where a baby is scared of snakes before it's learned anything about a snake oh really whereas a baby will like you know touch a bit of molten lava or smile at a paedophile <laughs> etc but it eat mud or yeah like, and yeah. shit yeah and yeah what but if it's, it's the way a snake moves now, even a tiny baby will be like, Bleh! What no, about snake. spiders? I don't know if they're innately scared of spiders. I thought it was just snakes, but I'm not sure. I'm just wondering if I'm quite scared of spiders. Do you like spiders? I don't love a spider, but I'll handle one to get it out of the house. Whereas if there was a snake oh. in my house, I'd have to not just go out, but move house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, my sister has a fear of spiders that's probably like, your fear of snakes like yeah. she absolutely can't cope with even the idea that they exist yeah um, well yeah yeah I, basically i watched a um i watched an episode i shouldn't have watched of casualty when i was about five and there was a snake that was on the loose that was a poisonous one and it was it, it was in the back of someone's car and they had the heating on and it was the heat that made the snake all like active and you watched it come up behind this man who's in the driving seat and then bite him in the neck and um that oh just made me scared. Of this. It all came from that. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't. I um, I there was an episode of Peep Show where I had to pet a dog, and I'm quite scared of dogs. I don't right. know why. Yeah. I don't know why. There was probably some incident when I was little, and they. I said I'm scared of dogs, and they also went, "Oh, it'll be fine." And they brought three dogs of varying sizes. <gasps> um. So the producer was with me, and they said is this dog all right? And it was the ti- this tiny Yorkshire Terrier. And I was like, no. And they, you could see this look in their eyes like, oh, fuck. So in the end, they chose like a really small dog. And all I had to do was just let it kind of lick my face and stroke it. And oh. I thought to myself, surely this will get me over my fear of dogs. So I'm on set. It's got, we've got to get through it quickly. It's yeah. only a very quick bit. I don't think there was any dialogue. I think it was just um, Mark's voiceover. Well, and I found it so unbelievably hard to do oh, it God. nearly broke like I, I I cried afterwards and actually it's probably quite good for me and they were all so lovely and shocked that I was that scared but it's really weird like I thought oh it'll just be like a baptism of fire you know I'll have yeah, to do it flooding it's what you get told like isn't it that. flooding flooding you've got no yeah. choice you just get on with it but actually like yeah. no that's extreme ta- trauma really yeah it was <laughs> But I'm just wondering, you know, like how people eat eels? Well, Maybe if you had to eat a snake, it might get you over the, the fear of them, do you think? Because you would have sort of conquered it. I don't want to eat it. I just don't want to... I don't want to be friends with it. I don't want to touch it. I think I'd really... Yeah, I don't have any desire for... I don't want to be the one that kills it. I don't mind if they're in the world. In Australia or something. 
long way away. Yeah, really long, long way away. Like I understand every creature serves its purpose in the like, but I, I just don't ever want to have to look at it or think about it. No, it's like you don't want all your exes dead. They can be there somewhere. Yeah, just in another dimension. Yeah, not in my consciousness, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm um I've kept you for ages and this has been so fun. I've barely asked you anything, but these are my favourite no. episodes when I don't. Okay. My absolute bests. Um because you just don't haven't needed to. This question is here is inspired by a story my son told me on his way home from school this week. Okay. Here's your scenario. A gruffalo falls out of a gruffalo plane and gets hit by a cannon bolt, which is a boulder, whilst he's falling, which is bad luck. Luckily, he's fine. And then when he does get to the ground, it lands in someone's lap, which is great news because it breaks the gruffalo's fall, but really bad news because of coronavirus. <laughs> You're not meant to go in anyone's lap. Uh, coronavirus has got a new gruffalo mutated version of the virus, and landing in that lap starts a whole new pandemic. And actually, it's even worse than the corona we already know. It's a catastrophe of the world's in flames. Um, but the Gruffalo's agreed to go back in time and stay in his plane, but only if you, and with it does have to be you, do a 24-hour country dancer-thon. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. Your award in reality is the adulation of all people of all time for saving humanity from Gruffalo COVID. But your award in the moment, and bearing in mind you're starving because of all that dancing, and you're high as a kite, happy as a clam, is the feast of your dreams. So... I want to know what you'd eat, what you'd drink, and who, with, and where. And this is a fantasy feast in the sense that you're the happiest and hungriest you can imagine being, so it's the opposite of a last meal. Um, but also, I don't care if anything exists or is possible, and I, so I certainly don't care about ethics and health or any of that. I just want, like, what would be the feast of your dreams? And I think the word feast sometimes implies massive, which it doesn't obviously have to be. This is, and the other thing I caveat, I feel like I need to give people now because people panic that like, what if their answer is different tomorrow is that we know that we know that this is just your answer right now. Yeah. Okay. I think I'd have lots of different things. Um, I think I'd have chicken wings with like um, some kind of chili, not chili dip. I don't really like that but like coated in some kind of chilli, ginger and garlic thing. Oh, nice. With calamari, um, with that kind of coating as well. Um, And then I'd have the curry sauce from uh, green curry. Yes! Um, With no rice, I don't think. I think rice is a bit overrated. Um, Then I'd have a Derbyshire oat cake, which is a big floppy oat cake um, that you cook under the grill they're amazing there are Staffordshire oat cakes as well but Derbyshire oat cakes are better some people will disagree um Derbyshire oat cakes are slightly thicker but you cook them in the frying pan or under the grill and you can fill them with like eggs and cheese or anything you want mom oh, wow I'd have that rolled up with probably one fried egg and bacon inside mm. um then I think I'd have I think I'd have to have spaghetti bolognese because it is yes. my favorite with with spaghetti rather than pasta um and with cheddar rather than parmesan um yes. and then i'd have eaten mess i'd have three pudding i think i'd have eaten mess made again eaten mess is a bit like that thing i said earlier about thai food in pubs or other other yeah. places and it can be really bad if it's done it has to be fresh cream and loads of chunky chewy meringue and then mm. 
lots of different types of fruit like blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Um, then I'd have banoffee pie. Oh. Um, then I'd have... That's amazing. <laughs> this is the last thing. Just as a nod to Ellis, all those years ago, I would have chocolate fudge cake. He oh. wouldn't have any. He wouldn't be there. No, he, he would be there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you'd have one and then you'd leave the cafe and go home and he just had to yeah, make sure you eat it. That would be the thought. I'd also eat the whole meal on my own to remind <laughs> me of my 18th birthday. Not <laughs> me, but not being allowed to eat any. <laughs> <laughs> um, chocolate fudge cake but heated up with mm. um with single cream oh yes yeah Brilliant. oh what a fabulous answer and then maybe your favorite coffee. drink you'd have with it i think irish, irish coffee, coffee. yeah <laughs> um i think probably white wine a bit i don't drink red wine anymore because i used to get this migraine vertigo thing that they oh, cut shit. red wine i my thought i think i'll be able to drink it again at some point but so i don't i probably would have a bit of red wine but i can't at the moment so i'd have um um maybe a um sauvignon blanc yeah Lovely. and um, irish coffee mm, what great answer thank you so much for doing this you're so welcome if by any like utter madness you are not already following her on social media please follow the brilliant and the lovely and the magnificent she's just so brilliant and so lovely um izzy sooty she's at izzy sooty i-s-y-s-u-t-t-i-e on the twitter and her bbc radio 4 series is available from the end of november in one juicy audiobook uh, the series were called love letters and other matters of the heart and they're both a series have been put into an audiobook you can go to penguin.co.uk um to pre-order now or i've put an exact link to where to pre-order in the podcast notes i mentioned odd box in this episode um Everything I mentioned, by the way, is always in the podcast notes. Um, Oddbox uh, are a fruit and veg um, delivery company that do weekly deliveries, I think in London and Greater London now and some bits of not London, um, that's either been rejected by supermarkets because it's a bit wonky or big or small. Um, I mean, it's amazing when you get something big, like that massive curly cucumber I got in this episode. Um you do get some, you get amazing stuff. Anyway, it's stuff that's been rejected by retailers, supermarkets, restaurants, either because it was surplus or because it looked weird, which is just madness. Anyway, if you want a tenner off your first box, um, which literally makes it a few quid, um, there's a link you can use in my podcast notes, or I've also put it uh, in my bio on Twitter. Make sure you're following at the Hoovering Pod. I hope you're doing that anyway. Also, I want to say here, because I know how annoying it is, that that restaurant in Beckenham that I mentioned but couldn't remember the name of, where I had the best taramisu last I've ever had in my life, was called, and I probably can't say it right, but Del Neen, D-E-L-N-E-N-E. Feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews, recommendations, or indeed with money on either Acast supporter or Patreon. Follow me if you like, at Jessica Fosterkew on all of the socials. Anything longer than a tweet to send me, I'd love to hear it. You can email me through my website, jessicafosterkew.com, and that's where tickets to my rescheduled tour dates in the new year also are available. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham, and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.